my African scammer Somalian. Gee, I know exactly. Hey, Craig, I know exactly what to play to get you hyped. But this ain't even no. This ain't even something that you would think that I would think of to get you hyped. But when I play it, you're going to be like, yeah, yeah, this this it. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's up there. It's up there. Should we talk about the Thursday games? Because uh, we can Because this shit going to take us like, like for real, for real. This shit is going to take us 20 minutes. So we should probably talk about like one, at least one topic. Because BT team, not a lot to talk about. He don't have his pick. And uh, that nigga uh, only made four transactions. That boy said, uh, got a budget for the lawyer, though. I'm on the run for the month. <laughs> Pay 200 for it. <laughs> Ooh. Gee, I'm finna go out there and tell dad she wasn't with me shooting in the gym, boy. <laughs> and I'm going to dedicate the beginning of Drizzy voice to Rio Because that boy said It bothers me when the guys get to acting like the broads Yo, get off that goofy <laughs> shit with me, boy But we heavy though. Oh my god. These niggas snapped on this boy. You like the fucking finish line. We can't wait to run into you. Boy, that was crucial. All right, I'm hyped. Let's get it. Are you just gonna disrespect my nigga French Montana like that? Oh yeah, it's, that's a that's a two person collab. <laughs> that's Drizzy and, and, and Ricky Rose. There's nobody else on that song. Let's. Get it, man. Are right, you ready, bro? Hey, I'm ready. 
We. Did you send me the notes? Uh, I wasn't going to send them. You want them? Oh, no. We good. We good. My bad. Hold on. Hold on. Matter of fact, I'll send them to you for the news section. Shorty want to tell me secrets about a rap, nigga? I told a bitch it's more attractive when you hold it down. Drake was so hard back then. Yeah, man. My nigga, uh, my nigga Kobe had to, had to address a rap verse. He was like, no, she was at home taking care of our kids. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you you remember that clip where Kobe was out at that restaurant and them, and them dudes was like, hey, she wasn't with you shooting in the gym, Kobe. And he was busting up laughing. Yeah. He thought the line yeah. was hard. It was. Yeah, he, but you know, he couldn't. He couldn't do too much, bro. Cause you know how that be, bro. Yeah, bro. One hundred percent. Did you get him, bro? Let me see, man. Yes, I got him. All right, cool. All right, I'm gonna start and get through this shit so I can play the game. <clears throat> we are bike welcome to yet another episode of the ace of spades podcast y'all know who the fuck it is man it's the host with the most cam aka the dynasty demigod aka the ace of spades Thanos. aka the four time Champion, aka Mr. Okay, I'm reloaded. And I'm in the lab as always with co host Curtis, aka Kurt Cashy, aka the ace of spades, Tracy McGrady, aka Danny's big homie, aka Mr. Take Your Best Player and send you into a rebuild. Kurt, what's good? What's good, bro? Chilling, bro. This is this is this is gonna be a very quick and to the point podcast. Obviously, we have a game slate tomorrow on Sunday, so we're going to do a week twelve preview. We're gonna start by talking a little bit about the Thursday Thanksgiving games because um, you know there were two of them, and I thought there was some noteworthy news. First and foremost, Curtis, I know you seen Antonio get some out there, getting some, dude. I did, man. I I have him in two public leagues, so I was uh, happy that he was doing what he was doing. But then, you know, I got another league that I'm in where I was playing against him, and I accidentally dropped him before his first game against Dallas. So I wasn't too happy about that. But and you know, I could have got him up off you, and I didn't do it, bro. I didn't. I I made a mistake. Players fuck up too. Ain't that right, Elmo? I'm not even going to mention the the trade that Elmo turned down. But, bro, if he would have accepted that, like, hey, you know Justin was in the chat just wishing Elmo accepted it, bro. I just heard the disdain. I heard the disdain in Justin's voice. He said, bro, your team would have been so good if you accepted that. <laughs> shut, your, <laughs> shut your ass up, Justin. But, um, but yeah, go ahead. What he really meant is. My team would have been so good if you accepted that. <laughs> what he really meant was, I wouldn't even have to worry about this nigga, Kim, if you would have accepted that. 
Yeah, yeah, that was that was good to see him. Um, you know, it's against the Dallas Cowboys, but it was good to see him get his run and command so many of the snaps. I was talking to Chris about it on offline. You know, JD McKissick was eating into so much of Antonio Gibson's third down and pass catching work. And a lot of that is game script dependent, but it was just good to see him play, you know, close to 70% of the snaps. That was the most he's played by far all season. So that was cool to see. Did you catch the Texans versus Lions game? I saw that boy Deshaun Watson out there dealing. Man, he's been playing, he's been playing so well this year. He's been playing at a really high level. It's the Detroit's uh the the Detroit Lions defense. So um, you know, they're they're not a great secondary and they were without a couple of key pieces on defense, but he's looked really good uh, even without DeAndre Hopkins. So, you know, there may be something to that. Um, he's going to mature as a QB without his number one receiver there because he's forced to read the field and get the ball into the hands of his other playmakers after the departure of DeAndre Hopkins. But this is, this is random, but speaking of DeAndre Hopkins, did you see his tweet? <laughs> Yeah, I did. I did about him being thankful. Goat. Yeah. 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 yeah he he'd a, he'd a goat. Man. Real funny as hell. But um, yeah, for, for those of you who didn't see the tweet, he said on Thanksgiving he was thankful that the Arizona Cardinals believed in him enough to send a second round pick for him. <laughs> hey, but hey, what's bogus as hell is that wasn't even the whole trade. He disrespect that nigga David Johnson. Boy, hey, he called <laughs> David Johnson a zero, essentially. I mean... <laughs> I, mean, he, I don't know, bro. Like, was he out there on the field? It was Duke Johnson. I mean, he's got to call it like he see it, bro. I don't mean, you know. Bro, speak, speaking of recapping that game and, and calling uh, uh, Duke Johnson out, that nigga sucks, bro. But he did catch a, a, a touchdown right after I dropped him. So there's that. Um, any Anything else? I saw I saw Jordan Aikens, the tight end, drop a touchdown. Like Deshaun Watson's playing with a bunch of has-beens or never-beens. Kiki QT was out there playing a bunch of snaps. Like Deshaun Watson could be so good if that team um, or that organization was competent and they surrounded him by weapons. But did you notice anything from the Detroit uh, Detroit Lions uh, side of the ball? I think it might be that time, bro, for uh, Matt Patricia to, to to pack his bags, man. Yeah, I think we might actually be past the time where he should have been out of there, but. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I don't. Go. I don't remember his exact record, but it's like thirteen twenty nine and one, or thirteen twenty eight and one, or some shit like that. He's awful, but yeah, I agree with that. I also think it's notable that, um, and this is without Kenny Galladay, so you you could take this with a grain of salt. But T.J. Hawkinson continues to go out there and put up yards. He still didn't put up as many yards as I would have liked him to without Kenny Galladay and all those. You know, shitty. Even even myself, I'm a Quintez Cephas owner, and he's a you know a late round rookie. But he had like two catches for 27 yards. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just the offense. Maybe it's Matthew Stafford. But I w- I would have thought T.J. Hawkinson being the number one uh, with Kenny Galladay out, he would have put up more than he did. Even though for a tight end, 89 yards. That's like, bro, that's that's elite tight end one. Like he's probably gonna finish as the number two or three tight end on the week because of that uh, performance. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. But yeah, and um, the next game, you know, the Redskins, we talked first about Antonio Gibson. I kind of got ahead of myself there. But um, Dallas Cowboys versus the Redskins. First of all, we saw Zach Martin go down um, with an injury that he was instantly ruled out for the game for. And I, I don't 
I don't know if Zach Martin is actually out for an extended period of time. I'm going to look that up right now. But what were your thoughts from that game? Yeah, you know, I mean, my thoughts from that game was dude, the only player in fantasy that I want from that Dallas offense to, to play on my lineup is Samari Cooper, bro. That's it. He the only one. All the rest of them, man, it's like they just two boomer butts for me. I just <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, don't hey, don't disrespect my player like that. You could play CD Lamb in a uh, a start five wide receiver, start three running back league. He <laughs> yeah, got bro, seven he, targets. He, he, yeah, oh yeah, you can work with that if you got five wide receivers you play. Hell yeah. Yeah, but but in all seriousness, I think I agree that you know Amari Cooper is the only week-to-week startable asset, you're going to get some weeks occasionally from Gallup. You're going to get some occasionally from CeeDee Lamb. But those are not players that I feel confident starting in my lineup, especially at the stage that we're in now, Kurt. We're in week 12 going into the playoffs. And for most people, even the people at the top of the standings, all of these wins count. So if I have, you know, CeeDee Lamb or Michael Gallup or um, even even Ezekiel Elliott, all right, let me ask you this, talking about Zeke, because he had, you know, a really bad game. I think 10 carries or 12 carries for 30-something yards or some shit like that and, and a fumble and one catch on three targets, if I'm remembering the stat line correctly. Rest of season, bro. Assuming, let's say, assuming David Johnson comes back. Rest of season, who would you rather have, Zeke or David Johnson? David Johnson. All right, let me let me fuck you up with this. Rest of season based on how Zeke played on Thursday, if David Johnson doesn't come back, who would you have rather have rest of the season, Ezekiel Elliott or Duke Johnson? I'm going to go with Zeke on that one. <laughs> I'm going to go with Zeke. I can't. I, I just – bro, hey. it, it hurt me to even say I would rather have David Johnson than, than Zeke, but I can't go Duke Johnson. At least, with, at least I'll say this. About David Johnson, the reason, only reason why I would say him is because I don't think his floor is as low as Zeke's. Cause this dude got right. me one point in the standard league uh, this this weekend. That's what David I'm Johnson saying. is. Yeah, in our league, David was David Johnson was at least gonna get you twelve points every week. Right. I think I think I agree with you. I would I would take David Johnson as well. And I guess it depends on if we were to look at the schedule because I know Zeke and the Texans, the Cowboys and the Texans have a rough schedule against um, uh, run stopping units for the rest of the season. Why'd I say it like that? They have a tough schedule. Uh, for running backs for the rest of the season. But I would also take Duke Johnson in a vacuum uh, just based on how Zeke has been playing. But I'll be honest, in any type of PPR format, half PPR, I'm taking Duke DeLuke. <laughs> Nigga, I'm taking, I'm taking Duke Johnson. Gee, I'm done with Zeke rest of the season, bro. There's just, there's just no way I'm confidently starting him in my lineup. I played him in my flex in two leagues, and he was a bad flex option. He got two fucking points in a half PPR league. That's... That offensive line in, in Dallas is in shambles, bro. No Dak Prescott. And it, Zeke is, is part to blame as well, bro. Like, what is this? He's fumbled like six times in 11 games or, or eight times in 11 games or some shit. He lost five of them. Or, I don't know. I'm butchering the fuck out of these stats. But Zeke has been awful um, since Dak left, bro. Awful. Yeah. Yeah, yes. All right. Anyway, moving on. Let's get into the actual NFL news and notes. That wraps up our Thursday Thanksgiving slate recap. Um, Jonathan Taylor out with COVID-19. James Conner out with COVID-19. Adam Thielen out with COVID-19. 
those are the first three news items. Um, I guess there's really not much to disseminate from this news. Lamar Jackson is is going to be out as well, looks like, because he tested positive. But Kurt, there's been a, a huge uptick in cases throughout the NFL. I'm getting kind of nervous, bro, for these last few weeks, to be honest. Yeah, um, I can understand that. It's not looking good. Uh, but I, I don't know. Does the NFL really care? Like, because it just seems like they just want to get these players out on the field. No, the NFL doesn't care. I'm worried about our fantasy lineups because they can yeah. still play games. And you remember the 49ers were playing with basically a practice squad against the Packers a few weeks ago. So I don't want the games to be played and then our players get infected. And then week 15 and 16, we're like, you know, bro, we're playing fucking uh, Duke Johnson in our lineup because, you know, we're missing our key starters. So. It's just something to monitor and look out for and, and make sure everyone who has Steelers and Ravens players play somebody else in your lineup. Uh, I'm sorry, play them in your lineup and have set somebody else or designate someone else as a substitute for those players, just like we were doing at the beginning of the season. Yeah, man, it, that, it just, uh, I I thought all of that was behind us. Uh, I hope that it was, but yeah, like it does seem like we're moving back in that direction, unfortunately. Um, hopefully, you know, we're all, all, all the teams that will be in the mix for the playoffs. Like we don't have to deal with any of that shit, like going forward. Our teams have been pretty safe. The top, the top teams, um, th- this would hit Ray's team pretty hard. The Pittsburgh Steelers have been impacted. This is the second uh, time this season. So it's just something to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, I really hope that they get under control. Hey, hey, give give Lamar Jackson them that uh that that cure that gave Trump. Give him give him that uh that CDC uh uh COVID vaccine. I mean, he said you know trust Trump. Trust uh, Trump. Yeah, I completely forgot he said that. Yeah, go get that go get that Trump vaccine. All right. What else? Uh, Gurley and Julio both ruled out for week 12. We talked about the Julio news. Gurley, the Gurley news is new. Um, anything to comment on this? I don't even know why Gurley's out, bro. Nah, man. Uh... Oh, knee. It's a knee. Oh, it's his, it's his degenerative arthritic knee. Yeah, uh, that's not good, man. I, I don't want to say anything bad about him because you know we know he got that knee issue. Uh, that's that's not a good sign. He's missing time with that late in the season. It's always late in the season, man. I think the wear and tear just catches up to him. I'm not a doctor or anything, but I'm tired of talking about Todd Gurley's knee, bro. He's he's irrelevant for fantasy purposes, in my opinion. DJ Chark is out for Week 12 as well. Um. I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure if Minshew is playing, bro. Is Minshew playing? Do you know? No, I think we're uh, with the other dude. Glennon, Glennon is playing. Mm, yeah, yeah. No, but DJ Chuck is out with a rib injury, though. But yeah, um, Minshew isn't going to play until probably next week because he's he's still dealing with those fractures in his thumb. So yeah, I wouldn't have. I hundred percent wouldn't be playing DJ Shark with fucking um, Glennon. That nigga lost his job to Mr. Trubisky. So that's a no for me. Um, Kenny Stills got released by the Texans. He wasn't 
utilized in their offense, but sparingly. So maybe he can get picked up uh, by a team that's in need of, of wide receiver help. But this late in the season, it's just not enough time for him to get acclimated into anyone's offense. So maybe we'll monitor him over the summer and see if he lands somewhere cool um, and people will be willing to, to put some dollars on him or um, invest in him with one of the late round uh, rookie picks, which, which I doubt uh, Antonio Gibson. We already talked about him. He, he blew up uh, with, with over a hundred yards, uh, five catches and three touchdowns against the Cowboys. Curtis Samuel trending up. Curtis, any comments on Curtis Samuel here? Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. It's just watching them over these past, like a uh, few weeks, it seems like um, Matt rule and uh, that OC figured out the best ways to use him because I mean, he's been scoring a lot of touchdowns and he just seemed, it, it just seems like he's getting more involved with the offense. The season is going on. Cause early in the season, like he was pretty much irrelevant. And then, you know, like over the past, like maybe three or four weeks, I think he's the one that you kind of want to play out of all of the receivers there. So good for him, man. That's why I tried to get him off Danny just in case uh, something like this will happen. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're still kind of guessing with these guys on a week to week basis. I think you can start DJ more with confidence just based on his upside and what he's been putting up. And um, there's just too, there's too much going on with the Panthers to really determine, you know, what, what is real about this. You know what I mean? You got Teddy Bridgewater and PJ Walker in and out. We haven't had McCaffrey, but for three, three games this entire season. So does Curtis Samuel's production disappear when McCaffrey's back? Like we really don't, we don't know if this is really real, but I will say he's been able to step up in this kind of Swiss army knife role and, you know, take snaps out of the backfield on jet sweeps, um, um, playing in the quick game as a receiver. They're allowing him to create yards after the catch uh, in the quick game. So yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not too high on Curtis Samuel. I think I'm more in the camp that when Teddy Bridgewater is at the helm and Christian McCaffrey is playing, Curtis Samuel is going to be closer to what he was at the beginning of the season, as opposed to what he's been over the past few weeks. But it is good to see that once he gets volume, he can be productive for fantasy purposes. Just something to monitor as that team starts to get back healthy again. Next news item, TJ Hawkinson continues to produce. Man, um, tight end is a very scarce position. And when you have one that can put up production like TJ Hawkinson, even though it's been, you know, I guess underwhelming in comparison to the elite tight end one, everybody knows that's, you know, Travis Kelsey, Curtis. But um, other than Travis Kelsey in that God tier as the overall wide receiver one, for everybody who didn't know, Travis Kelsey is the overall wide receiver one in fantasy this year but for everybody who didn't know uh i just wanted to point that out anyway back to tj hawkinson not sure how we got off track there but tj hawkinson has been really good for fantasy this year uh they've obviously had a lot of injuries in their past catching core but tj hawkinson's been able to step up and produce um at a pretty high level for fantasy kurt any comments on tj hawkinson um no i think you pretty much covered it there man Denzel Mims is heating up. This was funny because like, I know Denzel Mims is a good player. He has a lot of upside. Kurt, you and I were both really high on him and considering taking him with the early second round picks that we spent on QBs at one point. But it's just funny to say he's heating up and he's playing with Joe Flacco and Sam Darnold. Yeah. I mean, but that dude is, he's nice, bro. That's why we, that's why we were thinking about taking him. Cause he's nice, man. Yeah. I, yeah I like, he's good. I think he has a lot of upside. 
he has a ton of upside. I don't know if we've, we've even thought about this enough, you know, they're projected to get that number one overall pick Trevor Lawrence and Denzel Mims. Man, yeah, that that would be a nice duo. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. If I'm, if I'm Elmo, bro, no bullshit in, in his rebuild, you know, we try to stay away from get, giving advice here, but I, I think what I can say is if, if I had Elmo's team uh, with his draft capital and I knew I was going to take Trevor Lawrence with that number one overall pick, maybe I would try to broker a deal with Jamal, uh, somebody else who's in a rebuild, maybe for, for a future pick to get Denzel Mims and run that stack. Yeah. 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 I mean, that would, that, that would be a good move for him. I think. I, I think, I think so too. Uh late first round pick. If he has one, I know Elmo has a couple of firsts next year. If one of those is late, I'd be interested in sending one of those for Mims. Um, next year's draft class isn't going to be nearly as heavy as, as this one or, or the last one. So something to think about. Uh, and Brandon, Al- hey, Brandon Allen might not be the starter. Hey, what, what are they talking about? Yeah. I just, I just hit Ray over the head with the, with the biggest finesse of 2020 and now they trying to shit on me. Oh, yeah. All right. It's, uh, what's the guy's name that Ray picked up? I don't even remember. Finley? Yeah. Either way, bro. I mean. You can't start. It would have been funny. Niggas. Yeah, it would have been funny. <laughs> it would have been funny if, like, I mean, Elmo could start one of them, though. But <laughs> <laughs> it would have been funny if, uh, if, if you got that dude for free and he was a starter. But other than that, it's like $50 on Finley. Hey, you have fun, bro. Hey, hey, $50 on a nigga. I mean, this is not a shit on Ray moment, but, you know, $50 on a nigga that, like, you can't start. Um, but but it's it's the end of the season, and the fab is going to expire anyway. You can't even use it, like, in the playoffs. So and you can use it in the playoffs, but there's not going to be anybody available in the, uh, in the playoffs. So it's whatever. But, yeah, I, I think he's still going to start because when I looked, the last news report for Ryan Finley said he wasn't getting the Week 12 start. So I think it's just the coach, uh, Zach Taylor, just probably not admitting who the starter is. Like, you know, trying to play that that chess match. Dude, your team is ass. Like, nobody cares who you're starting. Like, you're not going to catch nobody off guard. He He's trying to get a leg up on the defense by not but not admitting who the starter is so they won't have tape. Like, dude, like, you're not going to win the game. What is he talking about? Yeah, and whoever you, like, trot out there, it's good. They, they suck, bro. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know why they just won't claim, uh, claim a starter. But hey, I hope it's Brandon Allen because in the couple starts he had last year, he was throwing that thing, and that means they won't be able to stack the box entirely against fucking Joe Mixon when he comes back. So I want a quarterback back there who can threaten down the field, and I don't think that's something that Ryan Finley can do. All right, that wraps up the news section. Um, let's get into let's get into actually the team under our microscope. We're going to do BT. And the reason that we're going to do this is because we've been putting it off for two and a half weeks and I want to make sure we get the shit out of the way. So team under the microscope for this episode, we're going to do BT, AKA British Davies, AKA I'm finna win the league. Let's get it. man. All right. Each episode over the next few, we're going to wrap this up. We're going to break down the teams, um, a GM's team, where they stand and how they got there, what their goals were. Uh, looking at their transactions to see if they made good moves to achieve those goals. This week, we're going to do BT. BT, his team overview. Kurt, I'll start, and then I'll let you take over the short-term outlook. But um, BT's team is, I guess, a team that we would classify in a reload. He's not rebuilding uh, because he hasn't made any moves to uh, secure any additional draft capital over the next couple of years. And all signals would point to a contending team, but just by definition and the landscape of the league with the other teams, 
uh, that are ahead of him. I don't think that's realistic to consider him a true contender. So I'm going to say he's in a reload. Um, he spent his first round pick this past season on yet another wide receiver. He drafted Jerry Judy, which I think is a good player. Just not sure that was the best pick. And he followed that selection up with the selection of Jalen Hurts, which may end up in the future being a really good pick for BT. It just depends on how long Carson Wentz can hold on to that starting job. So um, if, if it were me and I'm looking at BT's team overview, just based on the talent that he has, obviously he's deep with a lot of mediocre talent. And I don't mean mediocre as a bad thing. He just doesn't have a lot of top end talent on his roster. Uh, besides the Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett stack, he's really, really, really in tough shape at the running back position. Uh, though he did draft Jerry Judy over J.K. Dobbins. So um, if I'm looking at BT's team, I just think it's a team that lacks good strategy and roster construction because BT's problem has never been drafting good players. BT actually has a lot of good players. He has a lot of players that I would gladly welcome to my roster and play on the week-to-week basis. Um, and he hasn't really made a lot of mistakes via trade. You know, I think there was a lot of potential and upside in the trade that he made uh, sending away Devontae Adams for the assets that he got back. Um, none of those players have ascended into elite territory yet, but I think the the process was good and the process was sound in that trade even. So BT's not a bad GM. He's had a really, really bad record over the past you know, eight years that he's been in the league, but it's not because he doesn't understand how to scout talent. It's not because he's inactive. It's because he doesn't know how to build a roster and a lineup. He understands the talent portion. He just doesn't understand roster construction because he could have consolidated a lot on his team or broken down a lot of the top end talent that he's had, like Todd Gurley in his prime for assets that he could have utilized in a, you know, a deeper league. So his roster's just been poorly constructed. It's, it's funny, Kurt, because no matter what format we switch to, BT always finds a way to build like the worst roster for that format. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he does have a talent with, with, with doing that, for so, sure. So, yeah. But did you have anything to add just for his overall overview? Like, just takeaways or thoughts from his team? I think you, I mean, he, you summarized that, like, uh, pretty good. I, I mean, you know, my I look at BT's team, and it's, yeah, uh, yeah, that that pretty much sums it up. It's like it's he doesn't have, like, bad players. It's not that his team is bad, and it's not that he can't identify talent. It's just that his roster is, like, poorly constructed. So you see, like, some of those weeks where he just can't put up the points um, that he needs to get a win. Like, he has a really, like, a really low floor. And I think that's in large part due to the due to how his roster is constructed. Because when you have like a lot of depth at wide receiver, and you're playing a guessing game from week to week on like which one of these like you know wide receiver two ish receivers are going to have a good game, then I mean you know you you're just inevitably going to run into those weeks where you just can't figure out how to put like how to put the lineup together to score the points. 
Yeah, because a lot, of, a lot of the players on his team are not sticky. And when I say not sticky, I mean they don't have high floors, right? So you could put Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett out there. They could combine for fucking 10 points on a given week. Like this is this is how you build a roster for everybody who just wants the basic idea of how to construct a roster, especially in a super flex league. You get two quarterbacks. You get two high floor running backs. And then you just start whatever fucking receivers you have available. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, yeah. That's really is it, it's 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 not complex. It, it isn't rocket science. You just get two startable QB options, get two high floor running backs, which they could be Miles Gaskin and fucking Daryl Henderson. It doesn't matter. Like they don't have to be, you know, Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook. But you get players that you can put in that RB position that are going to offer you a floor of you know 10, 15 points every week. Then you trot out all those, you know, talented receivers that BT has around them. And you know that you're guaranteed to hit a certain threshold every week, unless everybody pretty much shits the bed. It, his roster is really con- poorly constructed, Kurt, because like we both alluded to, he he has literal holes in his roster. So he has weeks where he doesn't even have a startable running back to play, like not one. So it's just like you can't win games consistently when your team has such a low floor. And his team does have a ceiling. Like I said, he has talented players, and when they all hit, he can put up a lot of points. But his roster is poorly constructed, and it's it's a team that I would probably look at as more of a rebuild if I'm BT just because he still has valuable assets on that team that he could turn into draft capital. And BT is actually a pretty good drafter. Uh, he drafts pretty well. Um like I said, he started this draft with Judy Henry Ruggs, which I think the jury's still out on him, and then Jalen Hurts with this other second-round pick. And I thought those, based on ADP, were all solid picks. They didn't necessarily fit his roster build, but from a talent perspective, I thought those were good picks. So um, I'll let you talk about his short-term outlook, Kurt, and what his team is doing now in regards to this current season. And maybe you can touch on you know, what he should be looking at for next year's draft. Um, with the picks that he has. So uh, in terms of his short-term outlook, you know, for this season, let's just talk about where where his team stands as, as of right now. I think he's uh, one of the teams that's competing for a playoff spot. Um, he should be able to um, – he should be able to get to make the playoffs. Well, I don't know. I don't remember where he was like when we did the projection, uh, not of him, but I, I think like he he's in the mix for like one of those playoff spots, but there are a lot of teams with similar records. And uh I think BT actually had like a tough schedule like uh, going down the line. Um I think we might have some breaking news too, bro, but we can touch on that. Yeah, one. go ahead. No, go ahead, hit on that. Okay. So uh I'm not certain, but did they fire Matt Patricia? Is that what, what what's happening right now? Yeah, they got they got rid of Matt Patricia. Um, I thought it was interesting that JJ Zacharyson uh, just tweeted out a reminder that Jim Caldwell had back to back nine and seven seasons before Matt Patricia took over, and then Matt Patricia came in and went thirteen twenty nine and one. Jim yeah, Caldwell, that's... he's he's a brother. He would have never been able to sit there and go 13, 29, and 1. He would have been, been up out of there. And then just like Lovey Smith, another brother got fired after a 10 and 6 season with Chicago just because we missed the playoffs because the, the Packers and the Vikings were, were also good that year. Um, 
he got fired after a winning season and the bears have had one good winning season since then. So it's just the bullshit that black coaches go through. I don't want to make this shit political, but bro, Matt Patricia is a dog shit idiot. He should have never been the fucking head coach. And Jim Caldwell should have never lost his job after two back-to-back nine and seven seasons. Like who, He thought they were, he would, uh, they, that he was holding them back. Is that what ownership thought? They thought they had the, the, uh, the, uh, the Warriors roster. That 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 yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> that Steve Kerr took over, like what? Like it's the fucking Lions. So so yeah, that that's interesting news there. Yeah, yeah, I, I I'm on I'm on board with you when it comes to the way that you know um, black coaches get the short end of the stick sometimes. Um, you know, I think uh, that a coach is hitting the wall, but I mean. They, they bring they bring somebody else in and the grass is not always greener. I think with in those situations, especially like the Lovey Smith one, I thought that was like especially bullshit because ten and six most years gets you in the playoffs. So you know, but anyway, let's go back to BTs. My bad. I got I saw that break. Oh, no, good. Got got distracted a little bit, but um, yeah. So BT as of right now, he's one of the teams competing competing for a playoff spot. Um, he should be able to make it in. I don't like foresee him making too much noise in the playoffs, but you know, as we talked about before, he does have one that like a team with um, a pretty high ceiling, so he could like pull off an upset. But as far as him stringing together three good weeks in a row, I don't see that happening. Um, in this draft, I mean, it's kind of difficult to even say what I think that he should do since he doesn't have his first round pick because what I really think um, BT needs is you know, a player that um, has a high floor. That's what I think he should be looking for in the draft, but I don't know. You know, typically I would suggest like, okay, you want to get a quarterback or a running back because I feel like those are the two positions that would, you know, help you uh, get that, get uh, help you get a high floor, a higher floor. But um I mean, he still should be looking to target those positions in the draft. It's going to be a little more challenging because he doesn't have his first-round pick. Um, I don't think that he necessarily needs, like, uh, more more wide receivers, but I think just based on where he's going to be drafted, that's where he'll be in a position to take. But I would just suggest it, you know, in those later rounds, he he, he might take a, take a shot on some, some rookie running backs or something and just see how something shakes out. Um, but that's that's where I think he is as of right now. What he should do in the draft? Yeah, I, yeah. No, I, I was just going to echo what you said. Um, I, I think he will make the playoffs. I think it just depends on if these other dudes can creep up on him because he's sliding a little bit with the last two weeks. I think he won a matchup or two, but didn't score above the league median. And this week he plays you, so he's going to have to score against the league median if he doesn't want to drop two losses. And uh, next week to round off the year, he plays me. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So, he has – it's kind of unfortunate with the schedule build, and my apologies, BT, for this schedule. But closing out the season when you're trying to make playoffs against the two top teams is – um, it's just, diff- it's difficult. It would be difficult for anybody. Um, so yeah, I hope he makes it. I love seeing BT in the playoffs. I like seeing teams that don't usually make the playoffs in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like I'm really excited this year for Ray to be in the playoffs just to see what happens or even, even fake sharp Danny, 
if he if he can get in and and you know get a win or or even just make it and you know participate in the playoffs because he hasn't been here uh, since he's joined the league a few years ago. But anyway, yeah, I agree with what you said. Uh, thinking about the draft, I'll do his you know uh, future outlook for you know what I think about his team in terms of what he needs. I agree with what you said as well about him needing a really high floor player. He needs a running back or he needs another uh, QB to pair with Russell Wilson. He's just going to have to get lucky this year to find that player because he doesn't have his first round pick. He wasted away his first round pick on Dwayne Haskins who lost his job after a few weeks in Washington this year. So that was a complete waste of, you know, what's, what's looking like a late round pick, a mid to late round pick. So the, the trade for Haskins is bad, but not nearly as bad as it would have been had he had a, a top three or top five pick. You know what I mean? I do. I know. What you yeah. Mean. So, so with pick seven or eight, it's like, yeah, you, you'd love to have that pick, but you're not going to get a quarterback or a running back there anyway. So it, it's not like the trade that he made for Dwayne Haskins was, was, you know, super, super detrimental to, to his roster, because I think he's going to be looking at a quarterback right there. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, a wide receiver right there with that pick had he kept it. But um, I look at his roster in terms of what he needs. We know he has Russell Wilson. He, Russell Wilson seems like he's been in the league forever, bro, but he just had a ton of success when he first came into the league. He's only 31 years old. Russell Wilson has never finished outside of QB one territory ever. His worst finish was QB 11 and that was his rookie year. So he has a perennial QB one, in Russell Wilson, he has Jerry Judy, who is arguably a dynasty wide receiver one. If he isn't a dynasty wide receiver one, he's a dynasty top 15 wide receiver. He has TJ Hawkinson, who is a top three dynasty receiver. I mean, Kurt, he has some good pieces on his team. He just needs to be a little more sound in this process. And when I say that, it's like, you know, don't, don't be sending your first round picks for quarterbacks who may or may not have jobs this season um bt and ray you know you can't you can't make moves like that when you're still a few pieces away so he has to be a little more intelligent in this process he should have held on to that first round pick so even if he did have to add a wide receiver i mean if you can tell me kurt you can add another jerry judy type receiver to this roster i would take it you just don't want to throw those picks away for free yeah i, I agree with that so, so yeah, he, he should have, he should have kept his first round pick or sent it for a quarterback. Like, I don't know, like maybe Teddy Bridgewater, Kirk Cousins, like not sexy options, but at least guys that, you know, is going to hold a job, but he's got Cooper cup as well. Um, his running back situations aren't, is in tough shape. I'm not going to dive into that. He really doesn't have any noteworthy running backs unless Miles Gaskin ends up remaining a staple of that Dolphins offense, which I, I don't believe he will. I think they're going to address that in the draft uh, by adding another running back to that offense. And he has, you know, um, Henry Ruggs, Gallup, who I think is super talented, just in a really, really rough spot without Dak Prescott. And Jalen Hurts, who we touched on earlier, who if Carson Wentz ever loses his job due to poor performance, which looks like it's in the the, the range of outcomes for him that's going to be a smash hit because he's got that Konami code rushing ability that we like from our quarterback. Kurt, you're familiar with that. You have two of them on your team, really two and a half because Justin Herbert, uh, he be getting little as well, bro. Yes. Yes, he does. So, yes, he does. so that that's an example of, of a quarterback on his roster that has some upside and could offer him a high floor during uh, due to his rushing ability. So, 
that pretty much wraps up the short-term outlook, the overview and the future outlook of BT's team. I would say if I'm BT, I'm looking to get real freaky in the off season. And what I mean by that is like, you got to get real strategic and try to finesse your roster a little bit because you have, you know, a, a deep roster full of kind of mid tier options that you could probably consolidate for one high end draft pick or one high end option for your team to anchor your team a little bit, because it's cool to have, you know, Judy and um, um, Cooper cup and those guys to, to put in your lineup. But dude, if you can consolidate those guys and get a fucking quarterback and somebody who's going to be on your roster producing at a high level for the next, you know, five to seven years, maybe you do something like that, or maybe you consolidate some of those future second round picks you have into like one, uh, mid first rounder he has a second round pick and two second round picks next year maybe you can consolidate those three second round picks for a first round pick which i think could be a really good trade for for both parties depending on who you offer that trade to you just got to get like real sexy with like your offseason strategy what do you think kurt yeah i, I agree with all of that i agree with all of yeah. that yeah so i I just, I just think he's gonna have to do some moving and shaking and and the reason i harp on that is because bt is not that guy you know what i'm saying he's he's always a dude who just he gets he gets his draft picks drafts his players and then he just holds but in order for bt to get off this over this hump this either lottery team or bottom tier playoff team he's going to have to do some um some strategizing with with his roster and the assets that he has let's dive into his transactions and we'll wrap this up with the week 12 preview um he spent 65 uh, fab dollars on alex smith i thought that was a hit starting quarterbacks in Superflex leagues are very difficult to come by he also sent the third round pick for Nick Foles. I thought that was a great move as well because his pick is going to be like a mid third rounder and um, Nick Foles offered him some starts that gave him a floor and ability to make a playoff push when he lost out um, when he lost on Mitchell Trubisky because Mitchell Trubisky got benched in favor of Nick Foles. Um, he sent Mike Williams away for Ronald Jones, which for, for in season play, I thought this was a good move as well. Uh, because Ronald Jones actually won BT some weeks with some big performances and Mike Williams, maybe he has a lot more upside and a higher floor with Justin Herbert. Uh, but I mean, for what BT's trying to do and that's make the playoffs and try to compete. I think that was the right move, especially with his running back situation, looking the way it does. And then the trade that he made with me before the season started, he acquired Dwayne Haskins and two future second round picks for his first round pick. And Kurt, before you type this up, actually, I completely forgot he got those two for, uh, second round picks for me. So that trade is actually not even that that bad, bro. I don't think it is. I mean, I understood it at the time. I just, I think the thing that I was most critical about this trade was that he could have just drafted Dwayne Haskins. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, the only, that's the only criticism I have for him there. But like, I understood the move, I think, like you said before, I probably would have gone, if I was in BT shoes, I would have gone for a quarterback with more job security because you don't want to, like, draft, like, I mean, you don't want to trade for somebody who's going to lose their fucking job. I don't, I think, you know, I think everybody could agree with that. But, for you sure. know, it's a, Dwayne Haskins was, you know, a top pick in the draft, like, the year before. He's a second-year QB. I mean, it's a two-QB league, you know, a super flex league. Like, I, I understood why he would make the move, you know, and I don't think, you know, if if Dwayne Haskins turned out to be like the, you know, a starter, like a like a starter at, at the position for years to come, you definitely have to send the first for that if you think mm -hmm. that that's what's gonna happen. Uh, I don't I don't know what you could you know I don't know how you could get 
um, somebody who would like uh, who was drafted so high. Like I don't know how you get like that player um, without sending away like a first round pick, but he could have drafted him in the fourth round of the, of our uh, rookie draft or whatever. So that's, that was the only thing that I was like, uh, that's, that's yeah. what made that move seem so dumb. Yeah, definitely. I agree that, 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 that spot on, uh, he could have drafted him in, you know, the fourth or, or fifth round. I, I literally at the, the very last pick of the draft. So uh, yeah, but, but it, it's, it's, Mistakes were made. I mean, simple. I mean, uh, you can't take them back. Just like, you know, I thought I thought when when Leonard Fournette got cut that James Robinson was going to step in and be getting 13 carries for 41 yards. And he's a top five RB this season. Mistakes were made. I mean, dude, I thought I was giving you a buster and the dude is actually decent. Like sometimes in Dynasty, bro, you make you make mistakes in season long and you just have to live with them, bro. And it's 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 better just to to wipe your hands of them and get over it quickly because you know that should have that should have bring you down like year over year. So he's yeah. gotta move on from that one. I thought you were giving me a buster too, bro. I'm not lie. <laughs> yeah, no, but but um, but um, I'm 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 happy that uh, he he turned out to 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 be a decent to be a decent um option for you. And but back to BT, um, yeah, I th- I think BT is is uh literally, I think I think he's a decent GM, and I, I make fun of BT a lot because you know he's easy to make fun of because he's never in the chat, but he does listen to this podcast, and that's why I wanted to spend some time talking about his team. I do think he is in a rough spot, and he needs some course correct in this offseason he has to do something with his roster that's not what what it is right now um if bt is trying to you know build a build a solid dynasty roster because it's just he's just getting kind of left left behind now we we already know like my team curtis's team justin's team are always going to be in contention and then you have you know rio and ray and elmo doing what they're doing like in these rebuilds like where does that leave bt and you also got like jamal like somebody we'll talk about later who's getting like a lot more strategic with you know packaging his first for those two two first um at the end of the first round that turned into joe burrow and uh denzel mims like you just got people that are doing like a lot of shit bro like stepping out of the box and thinking real strategically to build their rosters uh for the future and bt is kind of one of those guys who's stagnant similarly to tabron so uh, he's going to have to shake some things up this offseason for me to really take him seriously moving forward. Kurt, any final notes on BT's team? No, I think you summed it up pretty nicely here, man. All right, cool. Let's wrap this up so we can play some Call of Duty, bro. Week 12 uh, <laughs> preview. Um, bro, I'm about to move to 12-0, and 0, bro. This hasn't been talked about enough on the podcast, and this is not even a brag on Cam moment. Dude, this is the first time anybody has had the opportunity to go undefeated in the regular season in Ace of Spades. Man, you know, I, I want to hate on you, but that's that's pretty impressive, man. Hey, hope you pull that off, bro. Um, through the regular season, of course. But that would be dope. Yeah, the, the playoffs is the playoffs is an entirely different beast, bro. And um, it doesn't count against the win loss column. So this is this is this is really significant, bro, because it's just never been done before. And you need luck to do this, bro. You need luck to do this, and, and a lot of good fortune. So it makes me feel good to be in this position just because I want to see it done. Uh, and at the beginning of the season, I actually thought the way that you were putting up, you had the opportunity to do this. I knew with COVID, there were going to be a lot of teams kind of handicapped on the week to week basis. But uh, for my team to be the one here at the end of the season with just one more team to beat because Tabron's fucking cooked this week, bro. Like 20 points from JJ Watt and 40 from Gibby. It's over with. It's over with a dude. Yeah, it is. 
It is. So. My guy, man. It's my guy, Tate Brown. <laughs> My boy, but uh, but yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and move to 12 and 12 and 0 after this week with with just BT to beat and BT has a solid team, but I'm hoping that I can overcome uh, that week 13 matchup and and finish the season as as the only undefeated team in Ace of Spades history, and that's going to be another accolade that I could put on my on my shelf to 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 tell Justin that he's not even in my league, bro. You know, everything always comes back to my competition with Justin. He's the only person close to me in accolade, so this is just something else that I can separate myself from him in. Yeah, you know, I'm going to be honest. It, it kind of bothers me that I'm not in that conversation yet, but I got to play in some more. Some more <laughs> you got bro. That's a, bro, it, that's bro, to bro two, a couple things. You joined the league three or four years after Justin. So he's accumulated a lot of trophies in your absence. And also, Justin had a head start on, you know, understanding the league and, and the format. And uh, the, the final part of that is that nigga's just – hashtag good at fantasy so yeah he is um he is, so really so good. so so it's, it's gonna it's gonna take a lot for anybody like anybody to catch to catch up to justin and, and and where he is and what he's done over the past several years bro so uh if if, if anybody has a chance to do it it's, it's definitely you um and and guys like you know eventually maybe Elmo pieces it all together down the line and Danny's somebody that I believe in as well as somebody who can think strategically Ray if he stops sending you know first and second round picks for for bridge QBs but but yeah Kurt you you've you've gotten off to the hottest start of anybody starting out um absent of myself and Justin uh because we both had a ton of success joining the league in, in 2013 but bro it's gonna take a while man you gotta you gotta place in the playoffs first win a championship and all that shit yeah, I haven't even won a playoff game yet, man. So that's what to do. Hopefully you can do hopefully you can do it all in one season. That's why I always say, bro, you win the league, ain't no sweat off my back. As long as you don't try to come back next year and do it again, then I'm gonna have to buck your ass. But if you win the <laughs> league, bro, I mean I just came off back to backs. As long as Justin doesn't win, I'm big chilling. I'll take my undefeated regular season. If I lose in the playoffs, I know I put myself in the best position to win a championship just based on what I've done this season and, and hopefully securing this one seed. So yeah, I hope you, I hope you can do both and, and achieve both of those accomplishments this year, get your first playoff win and hopefully a championship, but let's move on through this. Um, Cam versus Tabron. I know we're both picking myself, Justin versus Danny, who you got? Justin. Yeah, I'm picking Justin with confidence here. I don't think Danny has much of a chance, especially with Jonathan Taylor being out, even though I'm not sure Jonathan Taylor would have offered him much of a, a boost, uh, though he's coming off a really good game last week. Uh, you versus BT, I'm picking you. Uh, who do you have in this matchup here? I'm going to take me too, but I'm not super confident, but I'm going to take me though. Okay, Elmo versus Chris. I'm actually going to take Elmo here, bro, because of the start Chris got off to with Zeke. Who do you have? I think I'm on board with that. I think I'm on board with Elmo too, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and um, Ray versus Rio here. Who do you have? Ray. Yeah, I have Ray too. I don't remember how many points Will Fuller put up, but I know it was a lot. And Ray, Ray, we can talk about this privately as 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 leaders of the league. Last week he benched Tyreek Hill, and this week. He played Swift. Uh, never mind. I just remember Ray's going through some shit personally, actually. So never mind. I was about to get on his head and tell him we was going to dock a, a, a draft spot, but I forgot he's going through some some shit. So um, so yeah, I'll, I'll give Ray a pass. But Ray, please, please set your lineup, bro. Um, I'm taking Ray there. Uh, 
Last one, KB versus Jay Mula. Who you got, bro? I'm going to take KB. I'm going to take KB, too. His team's starting to heat up, and Jamal just lost Joe Burrow for the season. So I really can't get digs, bro? <laughs> bro, um, I'm trying to get hey, – I'm trying to get bro. It's funny. Chris, Chris hit me up. He was like, hey, the bro got hurt, bro. I wanted to reach out to Jamal. i be like, hey, he hurt, bro. What, what you want for him? I'm like, Chris, people don't think like that no more, bro. Yeah, it's Dynasty, man. And that nigga's a rookie quarterback, so. <laughs> yeah. It's just, bro, it's it's funny, bro. Chris, hey, Chris be thinking he's slick and savvy, bro. I'm like, Chris, that's that's the old, hey, that's the oldest trick in the book, bro. Hey, he hurt? Dude, I'm okay, he'll be healthy next year. Hey, no. I'm going to reach out to Chris. I'm going to say, bro, Zeke be fumbling, bro. Like, <laughs> it's just sending him here. <laughs> bro, he said, he said, uh, uh, Hey, we could reverse that trade as long as you send me Kelsey and shit. And then after Zeke had that bad game, I was like, your boy Zeke. He was like, no, nah, that's your boy. He said, but you still can't get him back. I'm being petty. So this is why Chris, Chris, you, 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 you a typical St. Louis black man, bro. <laughs> a crab in a bucket. You don't want to see another black man be great. But yeah, no, it's just funny when niggas reach out to other GMs when their players are underperforming or you know, injured in Dynasty, knowing that the player is going to 90% of the time be back the following season just as good as they were uh, the season before. But anyway, that's the show. As always, please tune in to our next episode. We're going to do a Week 12 recap, update the GM of the year standings, talk about the power rankings, as well as put the aforementioned Jay Mula, his team, under a microscope. I'm rambling, man. Drop the outro. Holla at you boys later. And remember, it's up there and it's still stuck there. Peace.